Welcome to the Just Women Sports Podcast. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and today we're going to be talking about season one and recapping with the founder of Just Women Sports, Haley Rosen. Haley, welcome to the show. Kelly, thank you. <laughs> How you feeling? It's like weird to be on this side of the mic. I know, but you know, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> Normally, this is a phase where I go, all right, guys, I'm going off video. Have fun. Exactly. Now, Mute yourself. Turn yeah. your camera off. But no, you're on. This I'm is on. me and you today. All right. Should we recap season one? Because season one was pretty sick. Yeah, let's recap season one. So, well, I want to ask you. You interviewed some amazing athletes, some friends, some new people. How are you feeling? Like, what are your high-level thoughts? I feel like I've really enjoyed it. It's obviously, it's been a lot of work, like recording a podcast. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's so much that people don't see. So every episode or every recording that we've done, every athlete I've sat down and got to chat with, I've left feeling like so inspired and motivated and just happy. And like, I feel like a lot of people don't feel that way these days. Yeah. So it's been really fulfilling because I feel like we've been able to have some really great conversations and tell some stories that people don't know about. So it's been kind of what I thought it would be. And then like a lot of things I didn't. And, but at the end of the day, like every time we record and I get to talk to these athletes, I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. That's awesome to hear that. Yeah. And so many people I either know or know of, obviously, yeah. all of them. And being able to ask them questions and kind of just try to find that common ground and pick their brain on like how they think and how they've approached their careers and life and their journey and sports and mentality and just everything is so special and yeah. like very unique that we get to be able to do that. I feel like even, I mean, you know, some of these women more than I do, but like Hillary Knight, Carrie Walsh, they're advisors for us. So like we work more closely with them and like, but then just still like pulling back the curtain and hearing them like speak in detail about their career and their mentality and the ups and the downs. Like I, I give you a lot of credit because you, you get like really, really real content that I think is like really powerful and important and that we haven't heard other places. So I, I think it's been really special. It has been special. I feel lucky to get to do it. Well, I'm curious, were there any like stories or like little tidbits that like really stood out to you when you look back on season one? Um, let me think. Small or big, funny, serious. I mean, again, loved hearing Lizzie talk about the loop because yeah. I was just like, I don't, I still don't understand how this is possible. That was a good one. Um, I think maybe a lot of these kind of turning points in people's careers. Yeah. Lizzie choosing to go professional, even when she was down and out and injured, um, like April Ross having to figure out to transition from indoor to outdoor to beach volleyball yeah. and, and not really, you know, had never having done that before. I mean, Hillary Knight got dropped from the U S team, I think her freshman year in college. And that kind of lit her, the fire that got her to where she is today. I think people can take a lot from these different stories in that a lot of people's success is built on a failure. Yeah. It grows out of a failure. And I know for me personally, that has been the case in my life. So I hope that people can listen and apply it to their own lives and not look at 
setbacks or failures or disappointments or obstacles as, oh, this is going to define me. It's like, no, how, how do you, what do you do after this? That's what will define you. And yeah. I think that every single one of these athletes has a story like that. And I think, we, you know, most of them, we got to that place with them and they told that story. But I just think it's something that people need to hear. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter how many times, just like people need to hear that because that is life is overcoming obstacles. It's growing from failures. Yeah. And I think we like hear that all the time, but it's like different to like hear it in a real story. For sure. Do you want to run through some of the highlights of each episode? Yeah, go for it. All right. We'll start from the top with your bestie, Alex Morgan. Um, My summary of that episode was that it was really fun to hear Alex just like loose and fun in herself. And then also just, I think for her, like she's like the quiet achiever, even though she's like not a quiet achiever, but just like she would get thrown into a situation and just figure out how to adjust. It was funny because she was one of the first people that we interviewed, but she wasn't the first. And I had sat down with people I knew of, but didn't know well. So sitting down with her was like, this was the first time I was interviewing like a very good friend. Yeah. But for me, it was as we were going through her story and her journey, kind of finding out things that I didn't know, like I might have known subconsciously or just, but never really like, oh, this is what makes you tick. This is what makes you who you are and why you've been so successful. Like her ability to go from zero to 100 very quickly in terms of learning and that sort of thing on the soccer field. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Like she can. Mm hmm. Then we had Chloe, Kim, Chloe. and I was so excited because I'm such a big snowboarder <laughs> fan and she's young. So it was like hearing her talk about her experiences. She was going through things as a teenager that like I didn't experience until my 20s and an individual sport athlete, but she's like the chillest, <laughs> but also like the American dream and what her and her dad were able to do. Uh-huh. It was really special to hear her talk about that. Chloe is like a very special person. I think, I think all these women are very special, but yeah. her story, like it literally made me tear up. It's cheesy, but it's like the amount that they risked and sacrificed for her and her career. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And I think that Chloe is also someone that stood out to me as so much self-belief and like she's so self-assured but also so humble and grounded and I think that's like you don't meet many people like that for sure I know and the the idea of like being young and almost not thinking too much and just like going out and performing in a lot of sports you don't get to the peak super young so you don't have the Mm -hmm. ability to maybe almost have that like bit of ignorance is bliss basically kind of yeah yeah it's cool to talk to people about moments in time that I watched as a fan. Yeah. And then hearing how they actually felt and like what they were mentally going through or what was actually going on. And that would, that kind of came up in the, the Michaela Schifrin episode, which she talked about winning gold at the Olympics. And I never realized that like it's five hours in between runs. Like you watch it in a way that it seems like it's very, it happens like very quickly, back. yeah. but it's not. I don't know. It was just, yeah. And then, well, also just like how, this is something else, in the individual athletes like a Chloe, like a Michaela, how the feeling of winning a gold medal and then the 24 to 48, 72 hours after that is filled with like all this media and yeah. 
and all of this, but you're an individual sport athlete. So you're doing it on your own. Whereas with us, we have a team, we have teammates. So we're doing it together. And it's like, you know, we won this together. We can celebrate together. Whereas one of them, and maybe both felt this, they're like, I didn't get to celebrate with my family and friends until three days later. Whereas you're celebrating with your friends and your teammates. So I thought that was interesting because it kind of paints winning a gold medal, which everyone thinks it's like the highest of highs, which is, which it is. But then you don't hear about, oh, the media grind afterwards. Like, yeah, it seems great to be on TV and do all these things. But in reality, and I think Chloe talked about this. She was like, it's not that fun. Like, I just want to go and be with my family. (laughs) So. Yeah. I did think that was kind of a bummer. And it made me think about like how much we pull on like these women and top athletes as you're nodding. Yeah. I mean, we all choose to do that. Yeah. That's kind of part of the game. Um, okay. Candace was incredible. Like she's the goat. She just she's won defensive goat. player of the year, which yeah. I was so proud of her. Like I just so impressed. It's because she and came on the pod. Exactly. Good things happen if you come on the pod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just talking to her, I just felt like I was absorbing knowledge and wisdom from her and just advice and inspiration and just the way she carries herself, the way she speaks, the way she approaches basketball and life was awesome to be able to have that conversation and to hear that. Yeah. I felt like we got to learn from her in that yeah. interview, you know? And I mean, so much stood out to me about Candace, but when she declined an invite to play with USA basketball after they had like not treated her great, I was Mm -hmm. like, that is just baller. Like who does that? And that's like, I mean, that is someone who like knows what they want, knows who they are, has their principles, has their values and is just unwavering. And I just was so impressed with that. Doesn't need the validation from, from outside sources. Has it from within. No, not at all. Yeah. And her story with her daughter. I mean, just going through all that. It's incredible. I mean, the fact that she traveled overseas with a child at that age, like I just, I don't, I I wasn't doing that. I mean, I could have never done that. (laughs) Not many people could. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to put on your shoulders, I feel like. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that just speaks volumes about the type of person that she is. Yeah. And to be able to then accomplish so much too, it's just wild. Yeah. Like she hasn't had a mediocre career. Like she's absolutely balled out. (laughs) I know. I know. Crazy. That was also another thing that I like loved about this. I would get the prep for the interviews or for the conversations. And then I would do my own research. But reading through what these women have accomplished, every it's time crazy, I just feel like, right? wait, wait, did I read that right? Like, <laughs> this is insane to see the careers that some people have had. It's just, it's crazy. It makes me be like, damn, I need to work harder. <laughs> do better <laughs> you've had a pretty stellar career it's been all right but like i don't know it's just it was it's it was motivational to me to be like this is what these people have done it's like the consistency you know like being able to just year in and year out produce as an athlete is difficult and so many of these athletes have done that so well, it was cool for not to like plug just when sports too hard but i do feel like that's a little bit what's almost so crazy about this podcast that like it almost needs to exist you yeah. know, like Candace Barker, Chloe Kim, Hillary Knight, like these women, when we say we're talking to the best athletes in the world every week, like we really, really are. For and sure. I feel like the fact that we're unpacking these stories for maybe the first time in some cases, like that's yeah. crazier to me than anything else. And also even for me, like I've become a fan of the WNBA, which I obviously yeah. I've watched it before, but like after sitting down with Stewie and hearing her and like what she's accomplished at such a young age and what she's able to do on the court, it's just, 
and hearing other people talk about her. And so that was something that I'm like, why haven't I watched the WNBA before, you know, or consistently or followed them like I do. And it's because there's not like they're not on ESPN. They're not being consistently covered and they should be. And like, that's why we're doing what we're doing. But yeah, like me as a female athlete and a fan of other female athletes, like why haven't I in the past been following it like I am now? Yeah. Well, 4% of sports coverage is low. So I think exactly. you can some slack. That's kind of what you're touching on. Like, this is like, obviously what we think about all the time at Just Women's Sports. And like, I think a big part of it is like access. Like what you said, yeah. like a lot of times these games are not on TV or they're hard to find or whatever. I mean, this is why we have a schedule page on our site so people can see like what's happening and how to watch. You know, so I think that's a really big part of it is like making the games more accessible. Then I think the other side of it is like, why do we love sports? Like It's the culture, right? Like totally. We love rooting for our teams and rooting for our people and our players and who is this person and what are they all about? And I think that's also been missing on the women's side. So I think like being like, oh, Stewie is super cool, yeah. and, you know, or Carrie Walsh is like this or like that. Like it builds the whole culture around it. So you can like root for the athlete and their sport and it builds the world. Like, I mean, I feel like if that's what we're trying to do, that's what you're doing. For sure. No, I completely agree. Like I was telling Hillary, I was like, I want to come watch a game as soon as possible. Like that sounds awesome to be able to go and cheer them on. Speaking of Hillary, what do yeah. you think of her episode? It was awesome. I love hockey. Hockey's such an exciting sport to watch. Yeah. And Hillary was, it was really cool to talk to her because I feel like she is leading the charge on bringing women's hockey to what it should be here in the U.S. and yeah. kind of globally. And I know a lot of what she's going through, you know, like we all kind of have these similar experiences of trying to get leagues started and people to invest and and believe in what they're, you know, what we're creating. I always say this about Hillary, but I really think she's like a visionary in the space. Like just being like, this is what it could be. And this is what we need to get it there. Like, let's go. Like, For sure. I think that's absolutely the right mindset around women's sports. Yeah. And the fact that they decided to go their own direction and build what they think it should be, that takes a lot of guts and it's risky and it's like anxiety inducing. (laughs) So I, I have a lot of respect for her and, you know, all the other players that are doing that. I think it's not easy. Yeah. It's starting a business and like being an elite athlete, which is like, that's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then Carrie was awesome because she is the goat of sand volleyball court. Like her mentality was so fascinating to hear. She's a killer. Yeah. She, no, she said something like about, oh, she's never felt relief after winning a gold because she's always, you know, she's always been like, no, we should have won this. This is this was supposed to happen. Like we put in the work, you know, we were the better team, all those things. And for me, I'm like, I instantly feel relief after I've won, yeah, a major tournament. But why do you feel relieved? Why do I? Yeah. What makes you feel relieved? Like you win the World Cup and you feel relief. Like why? Why relief? Because like I said, because I've been in tournaments where we haven't won. So I know that you can be the better team. You can do all the things right, but you could still, it's like you're balancing on a knife's edge. Something could go wrong and it's game over you're done and that's it for the next four years so 
I know how precarious of a situation international tournaments are, World Cups, Olympics, that sort of thing. And then on top of it, for me, I think a lot of times when I felt relief or the reason I feel relief is because it's not just me. And I know for Carrie, it's not just her. There's other people on the court, but I mean, it's her and her partner, right. but there's so many players on the team. And like, especially when I was younger, when we won the 2012 Olympics, that for sure was the instant reaction was like, thank God I didn't mess this up for the older players. Like that's all <laughs> I felt initially. Were you starting um, in that game? Were you playing? Yeah, I, I played, I started and played every game of that Olympics and I was super young. So I was just yeah. like, oh my God, there's players on this team that this is their last major tournament and I'm a baby. Don't lose this for them. Yeah. You know? So, wow. but yeah, Carrie's mentality is just, it's like no one else's out there. But do you think for you, to go back to you for a second, like, do you think that that comes with the expectation of like, you guys are supposed to win? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. The relief is like, oh, there's expectation internally from the team that we want to win. Individually, I want to win. But then there's so much expectation from external sources that are just like, yeah, you should win. Yeah, but Carrie was a stone cold killer. And I think she has a quote when she was like, they were losing I don't want to get the team wrong, but it might have been to China and they were losing and she was like, but I could see it in their eyes. There was fear in their eyes. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) yeah, I know you are a competitor. Like, oh my gosh. She like sunk her teeth into it and just like ripped them apart. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny because Carrie is like in our interactions with her, like she's such like a ray of sunshine and she like lives on the beach that yeah our producer robin saying the smiling assassin like she's just like this happy-go-lucky person but she is a killer and for sure uh, it was interesting to hear it because i feel like you hear like oh she's won so many gold medals she's been so successful but then to like pull back the curtain and be like and this is why it's like yeah. oh yeah yeah i get it <laughs> totally but i heard you're kind of like that too i think i am i think that i yeah no I, I kind of am no but talk about that more I think a lot of elite athletes have the similar mindset of like, it's a mental game. If you win the mental game, you've put in all the work for, you know, the technical side of it. And you could be just technically as good, you know, just as fit, whatever, as somebody else. But then if you have this mental piece to your game, that's what separates you from a lot of other people. Do you think there's a mental piece or do you think that they're like, this is kind of a complicated question, but do you think that you can have that mental edge in different ways? Like, Carrie's a killer, but Candace was very stoic. Yeah, no, I do. Because Candace said something along the lines of calm is a superpower. Yeah. I loved that quote. I was like, I wrote it down. Did you? That's exactly. Yeah, I was like. Wasn't it? It was like calm as a mantra. Is that what it was? No, I think she was like calm is a superpower. I think that's real. That's such a good way of putting it. And I agree with that. For sure. But no, I do think there's different ways. But I think you need to have like pieces of a lot of different things. Like you need to be cold-blooded killer, but then also calm, but then also like ruthless, but then also not let anything phase you, which I guess is calm. I don't know. Yes, there's <laughs> Wait, so what's things. your mental superpower? Um, what's allowed you to be Kelly O'Hara? Competitiveness, probably. Just you want to win at everything? Like, do you win every fitness test too? Are you that person? I think I used to be that person and then I was like, I don't need to win all of these. So whether I win this or not doesn't mean if I'm going to start or not, you know, like it's not a direct correlation. So and also like winning this beep test doesn't necessarily mean I am super fit. And also winning this beep test could set me up for failure down the road in a couple of days. So, ooh, 
That's getting older and wiser right there. I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, my approach to tr- a lot of training in the past was like, pound it out, grind it out, no matter how you feel, like blah, blah. And I think that's more of a mental piece. And a lot of workouts are a grind, but it's like learning what is actually productive and what's not, you know? Yeah. But when do you feel like you learn that? Because that's something I think about a lot because I think I grossly overtrained. And then I just, yeah, I think, I mean, I think I did too. But then when did you, when were you able to be like, all right, all right, I can dial it back and it's okay. So the year that I hurt my um, hamstring tendon attachment was, that was from overtraining. that? That was 2018, I think. 2018? Yes, 2018. And that was from overtraining. And I specifically remember when I like, I think I tore it. I like lifted earlier in the day and then I went and trained with Atlanta United Academy. And then after we're in like for an hour, 90 minute session, that was pretty intense. And then afterwards I was like, no, I got to get in my, my runs and then did runs. And I was like, I feel this happening. And I just kept running. It's like, no, just stop. You're being an idiot. So yeah. After that, I was like, no, there's ways to maximize your productivity. And that doesn't mean grinding it out. Like recovery is just as important as the actual work you do on the field. It's interesting though, hearing it. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, I I wish I would have learned a lot of this earlier in my career, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes in life. Yeah. It's just such a balance because I feel like, I mean, we heard it in all these interviews and you hear it with like all the best athletes in the world. Like they work so hard, they work so hard, they work so hard, but there is I mean, like everything, it's all balance, you know, and there is like, as you're finding your edge, finding your edge, like you will push past your edge at points. Yeah. And it's about like pushing it to the edge, but not going over the cliff. Not going over. Yeah. But I do feel like there's a lot of systems that reward more is more. And I don't think that's true, honestly, in anything, but especially in sports, like at some point you can overtrain, you can overwork, you're less productive, you're less efficient, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of training, (laughs) <laughs> Michaela oh, yeah. Schifrin loves yes. to train. She loves to train. I loved this interview. Hearing her talk about how she's like, I didn't even really enjoy the races. Like I just wanted to train. And I never thought about it how downhill skiing, your like game day is really three minutes long in terms of the actual on the slopes competing part of it. But then it sometimes can be like 12 hours long because it's that long in between races, which is crazy. But then, you know, for soccer players, it's a 90 minute game where soccer players would rather play a game than train. And she was like, no, I'd rather train because I can get in so many reps and I can, you know, work on the precision and the technical side, which I never thought about before. Yeah, I feel like I learned so much from her interview. That's like, I mean, you think about it in soccer, it's like, that's like playing Saturday and then Sunday. Like That's like two different game days, basically, which is wild. The other thing that really stood out to me in Michaela's interview, and I'm curious what you think about this, she absolutely lights up when she talks about, like, when she gets yeah. in that zone and she's riding that edge where she's still in control, like, everything about her, like, you can even hear it. Like, I remember watching her get all animated, but you can hear it in her voice. Like, she just loves it. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, she is a skier through and through. Totally. And just that feeling. And I think you guys had an exchange where she was talking about like, oh, it must be like it when you like strike the ball clean. And I kind of was like, yeah, it's kind of that feeling of like, just 
ultimate freedom almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like not perfection because I don't know if that like we've we've talked about this many times that perfection isn't attainable, but it's excellence and that like she's trying to get to that point where it's like the perfect run. Perfect. Yeah. The most excellent run. <laughs> yeah. And also just the intensity. This also goes back to Chloe and and this is also with Lizzie, but extreme sports, like flying Wild. down a mountain <laughs> at that speed is insanity to me. Yeah. And then yeah. also like Chloe, like going how many feet above the lip of a high of a half pipe. Part of me wishes I would have done an extreme sport because there's such like an adrenaline rush that comes with it. But I guess I get that when I'm playing soccer too, but it's just wild. Some of the things that these people can do. Yeah. And I'm curious what you thought about this too, because I think I always thought like, oh, when Chloe Kim like flies out the half by or or like Michaela Schiffer and it's like flying down the mountain, like they're chilling. Mm -hmm. But hearing Michaela be like, oh, like I don't want to get hurt. And I'm like riding that edge. and I'm deciding how much I should pull back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're just dealing with all this stuff that I would be thinking about too. Yeah. I'm curious what you thought about that. Yeah, it is interesting because I think I asked Chloe about like, how do you try a new trick? And she kind of just goes for it. But also there's <laughs> not, it's not this blind or naive, oh, I'm just going to throw myself up there. It's like going through it in your mind and that sort of thing. Stewie's another one, and I'm curious what you thought about this. Like, she's just a winner. Like, every stage, like, I think she said in eighth grade she was on varsity. She went to the best, you know, college basketball program, and then she's rookie of the year. Like, yeah. just win after win after win and, like, still hungry. Like, I'm curious what you thought about that. Well, I think just being able to do that that quickly in the WNBA that would be like, you know, somebody coming out of college and winning player of the year, like most valuable player in the NWSL, which would be very, very hard to do. Yeah. That to me, very impressive. Yeah. How young she is and she's already accomplished so much. I think the impression I get with Stu, and I'm curious if you agree, is that she seems, you know, she's a little more quiet, but underneath it's like, she's like all in. You know, yeah. just everything. She's still so young. Like, yeah. where is she going to take it? Like, exactly. I, I feel like she's just getting started, yeah. which is scary and exciting. Yeah, I feel like the WNBA has a lot of young, really bright stars. Like, she's cool. Yeah. Um, Lizzie was awesome. Obviously, they have X Games and they have, you know, competitions, but the vibe in skateboarding isn't necessarily like, oh, if you're winning competitions, you're the best. It's also about like culture and like how you skate and, you know, the videos that you put out and the clips and that sort of thing. It's now going to be in the Olympics, which is really cool. But I really like talking to her because it was just, it was different. And it was, it was interesting to hear how somebody in that type of sport approaches things. Yeah, Lizzie was cool. Skateboarding is the farthest from like any of the other sports, like even like a beach volleyball, which is like pretty unscripted, has like some sort of path. But like skateboarding, like there's no rules. I know. And to hear how she decided like when she was injured that she was going to drop out of school and pursue skateboarding professionally, even though there wasn't any certainty really around it in terms of like financial certainty or anything like that. Like you said, there's not a scripted path like there is in soccer and basketball, those sorts of sports. I was impressed. And the freaking, what is it called? The loop. Yeah. So (laughs) when, when I was preparing for the interview and I read this and I read the description of the loop, I thought that it was a move that you 
that like a skateboarder did on the skateboard where they just like went in a 360 (laughs) (laughs) and then I YouTubed it and watched it and was like oh my god I was so wrong (laughs) I had no idea and then hearing her talk about that experience was I'm probably my favorite part of the interview because it's such a crazy thing to try to do yeah also like shout out to Lizzie because I feel like she's a total like trailblazer in skateboarding yeah like I feel like we've been kind of casual about that but like cover of thrasher like I know. all this stuff like she is like like the billy jean king of women skateboarding which is like yeah. so dope so cool like it'll be interesting to see her in the olympics and like I don't know, yeah i'm cool. curious how it goes yeah all right april ross i loved this interview because at the end april said something along the lines of like you made me think about a lot of things that i had never thought about god i knew you'd love that (laughs) well just because like i was like oh that like you you know she enjoyed the conversation and it made her think and like she was very you know retrospective and like thinking about her life and her career she thought about things talked about things that she maybe had never considered before yeah i thought this was one of our most thoughtful interviews yeah i mean even in her like demeanor like i don't know she was calm she was thinking about it like which i i don't know i thought It was interesting to hear an athlete who, I mean, she's going for gold in less than a year. I know. Be so like reflective on her career and like what's gone right, what's gone wrong. Like I just thought it was an interesting time to like have this conversation with her. For sure. You know what stood out to me about that one too? And I'm curious what you think about this is when she played Carrie in the finals of, I'm forgetting what Olympics it was, but it was like- 2012. 2012. And that they lost and she felt like in hindsight that she felt like she was supposed to lose and that she didn't show up mentally mm. like all the way. And I think just, I don't know, expectations in sports and like what you really believe you can accomplish. Like, it, I think it's so important. And it was interesting to hear her say that and had like, if she could do it again, she'd show up with a different mentality. Yeah. And then also the fact that so much of sand volleyball where it's just you and your partner like you determine who your teammate's going to be you don't have a coach picking that for you like I never really thought about it that much and that seems very stressful because your fate is determined by your ability to work with somebody else and you're the one choosing that person therefore it's all on you so and most of the time where you move on from a partner it feels like you're breaking up with somebody which would just be another layer of I don't want to have to deal with that as like an athlete. I was going to ask, like, does it make you appreciate coaches more? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just something that as a soccer player, I've never thought about like, oh. But I'm sure you've thought about it. Like, haven't you sometimes been like, oh, like, why won't they just play this back line or like this midfield or something like that? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I've thought about that. I'm saying (laughs) I've never had to think like, oh, besides if you're, you know, schoolyard pick them, that sort of team. Like, I've never thought about having to have that on my shoulders as the decision maker yeah it's a wild dynamic it really is like a relationship yeah for sure last but not least uh sammy girl sam kerr Um, Kerr. i mean i obviously like alex know sam really well we were teammates for a couple years on sky blue but then we also competed against each other at the international stage so she's the only person that i talked to who i've competed against you know for big things and with Sam I had a front row seat to see her go from 
being good to being like who she is now, Sam Kerr, what everyone thinks when they think Sam Kerr, because it really exploded while we were teammates at Sky Blue. Like I watched her mentality evolve and how she approached things. And like, you could just see something was building there and that she was like on the verge of being who everyone knew that she could be. It was fun to be able to talk to her about that. What do you think shifted for her? I know she talked about it, but curious what you think. She's very, very good and is one of the most athletic people I've ever played with. But then you couple that with like the competitiveness and then the actual level of play, her technique, her understanding of tactics, that sort of thing. She had to realize that she could do it and she had to be the one to make herself to get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the theme of like, I could do that. Like that was so cool to hear. Two themes that stood out to me or two things that were consistent, I felt like, were the importance of role models and mentors. Like Hillary Knight came from an athletic family. Carrie Walsh came from a family of athletes. Sam Kerr's brother was a professional athlete. Candace yeah. Parker's brothers were athletes, which I just thought that was sort of consistent. And then on the other side too, you know, Stewie, Candace, Sam Kerr all had amazing coaches and mentors throughout their career. For sure. And that really stood out to me, but I'm curious what you think. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And then on top of that, I would say a lot of athletes mentioned either the 1996 Olympics or the 1999 World Cup, which I thought was interesting because as a kid during that time, like that, those were my memories as well. Like I specifically remember seeing the 1996 women's gymnastics team for the Olympics on TV competing for their country and kicking ass while doing it. And as a little kid being like, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, I want to do that. And that was really my first time, I think probably ever seeing female athletes on TV, you know, which is crazy to think about, but that is the reality. So I think that being able to see something allows you to believe it. Kind of like Sam Kerr being like, oh, I could do that. You know, like seeing somebody do something and the, the importance of exposure and visibility is so important, not just in sports, but in life in general. But I think sports is a really good example of that. And I know that that was the case for me. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's our whole thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I know. And that's what we're doing. So like, if people can hear these stories in a format that they probably have never heard a lot, you know, people know a lot of these athletes, but being able to listen to their journeys and find those points and those connection pieces that, you know, it might be a kid listening, it might be a 50 year old listening, it doesn't matter, but there's this personal connection of, you know, even if you're not a professional athlete, the things that everyone goes through as humans, I think is, is really cool. That was beautiful, Kelly. Hey. We have a lot more stories to tell and a lot more a lot more work to be done. But I'm really excited for season two. I'm excited for season two. We'll be back before you know it and better than ever. Stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also, don't forget to sign up for the Just Women's Sports newsletter. It's everything you need to see and know in women's sports delivered straight to your inbox. And while you're at it, also throw us a follow on social. It's at Just Women Sports. 
Our show is co-produced by Just Women Sports and Boom Integrated, a division of John Marshall Media. Big thanks to our executive producers, Haley Rosen, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. John Murray and Sydney Shaw do our research. Post-production is by Jen Grossman and Clint Rhodes. Special thanks to Jesse Louie, Sarah Storm, and Haley Kottmeyer. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports Podcast. Just